Hi, and welcome to another episode of A Shot Glass of Recovery with your host, Julie, half of the dynamic duo that brings you the podcast, Two Sober Chicks. So, my faithful beloved listeners, I have some very exciting news for you. Lisa and I are going to be recording new podcasts tomorrow. I know we haven't released one in 10 days. We ran through the ones that we had banked in case we were busy during this COVID. So how divinely appointed was that? I think we had like 15 in the tank. And we came to the end of them on June 9th, I believe. And so tomorrow, I'm driving up to Lisa's place up north where she's going to spend the weekend with her wife. And we're going to sit down and record new podcasts. We have not personally recorded podcasts with each other for six months, y'all. We did see each other at a get-together at a pool party at one of our sisters in sobriety's house yesterday, and I got to give her a good, long, crotch-rubbing hug. It was so nice. So I have no idea what we're going to podcast about, um, but we'll see. God always provides. God is good all the time. Okay, I'm also really excited because... I was working on my retreat uh, format yesterday. So I am leading two 12-step retreats next year, one for women and one for men. And I am working on my format, doing my research. I am tweaking the 12-step lecture that I have done for years in hospitals, jails, and treatment centers. And it's been really important to me lately to talk about how AA absolutely does not talk and anywhere in our history does not talk about how drugs or mental health issues are an outside issue. So in doing my research, and I'm going to pull it up here right now, I found a website. Pardon me while I look for my document. Retreat 2021. Here we go. So I did my research. And some of the things I came up with based on this research stemmed from an article on thefix.com, www.thefix.com. And it talks about this very topic. And what it says is that nowhere in the 12 steps or 12 traditions does it state that drug misuse should not be mentioned in meetings whilst members are sharing their experience, strength, and hope with each other. In fact, Tradition 1 clearly states that AA members are free to, quote, think, talk, and act as they wish. No AA can compel another to do anything. Nobody can be punished or expelled. Our 12 steps to recovery are suggestions. The 12 traditions, which guarantee AA's unity, contains not a single don't. They repeatedly say we ought, but never you must. So, of course, I had to go fact check if that were true. Thankfully, I have my 12 and 12 right here. And it is true. And it is on page 29 in the 12 and 12 on Tradition 1. And that sparked me to do the next 12 podcasts on traditions, which, listen, it may sound boring. But there's so many revolutionary things in here. I know the traditions are for like the AA nerds, but I consider myself an AA nerd and any AA nerd is pretty well insulated in their recovery because they're right in the middle of the program. And I promise you, you will find amazing things in the traditions you didn't even know were there. So 
I'm going to finish this little bit on um, mental health issues and drugs in the big book in 12 and 12 before I go into this tradition one. So the rest of this article says, any surrender of personal behavior, wishes, attitudes, opinions, or language by an individual in order to promote group unity is purely a voluntary decision. The literature suggests that group members practice tolerance, love and tolerance is our code, tolerance, acceptance, kindness, and love, and therefore members ought to refrain from being critical and judgmental towards others in the fellowship. Censorship of speech is not a principle of AA. Old timers that are walking out of the room when mental health or drug use is mentioned. Tradition three, which we will also read in the next couple podcasts, states and Tradition 3 is my favorite for this very reason, that the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Doesn't mean you have stopped. It's often stated in the fellowship that, quote, you are a member of AA if you say you are, end quote. This tradition came about due to the experiences, are we surprised, of the early AA groups trying to impose a multitude of qualifying rules and regulations upon their members, born of fear and prejudice. Tradition 3 is an attempt to be fully inclusive to all who suffer from alcoholism, regardless of differences and the various other difficulties that alcoholics struggle with such as co-occurring disorders and other addictions. It's unrealistic to expect AA members not to mention their various other life problems, particularly when sharing in the context of, quote, applying these principles in all our affairs, end quote, as suggested in Step 12. So there are two places in the big book um, where drugs are mentioned. For example, in the big book on page 22, there is a solution as matters from worse. Obviously, that's a typo. Let's look at the actual page, shall we? Big book, page 22. As matters grow worse, he begins to use a combination of high-powered sedative and liquor to quiet his nerves so he can go to work. And again, drugs are mentioned in the big book on page 7 in Bill's story under the so-called belladonna treatment, which was a treatment of antispasmodic um, and sedative drug th therapy they used to help people with alcohol withdrawal. Under the so-called belladonna treatment, my brain cleared. Now, when it comes to mental health issues, they are not an outside issue. There are many times in the 12 and 12 and the big book where it talks about our emotions, how we are sensitive people. Um, common symptoms of emotional security are worry, anger, self-pity, and depression. 12 and 12, page 6. 12 and 12, page 44. We have drunk to drown feelings of fear, frustration, and depression. 12 and 12, page 52. The most common symptoms of emotional insecurity are worry, anger, self-pity, and depression. Oh, that's mentioned twice. Um, another one in the 12 and 12, page 56. They will tell how they tried to carry the load alone, how much they suffered of irritability, anxiety, remorse, and depression. 
Into Wives, one of my favorite chapters. Page 106 of the big book. The alarming physical and mental symptoms. The deepening pall of remorse, depression, and inferiority. Big book, More About Alcoholism, page 37. In some circumstances, we have gone out deliberately to get drunk, feeling ourselves justified by nervousness, anger, worry, depression, jealousy, or the like. And on and on. There's a handful more quotes that I won't get into. So they are not an outside issue, and don't throw that around to abuse people in the program. Thank you. Okay, tradition one. So excited. The traditions are much shorter than the steps. Tradition one of Alcoholics Anonymous. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. By the way, why are the traditions important? Because (laughs) the steps keep us sober and unified. Sorry, the steps keep us sober, the traditions keep us unified. It guarantees to the best of AA's ability that the groups run similarly based on these traditions no matter where you go. They are there so that we have a rule book to govern our behavior and how we run groups. The unity of Alcoholics Anonymous is the most cherished quality our society has. Our lives, the lives of all who come, depend squarely upon it. We stay whole or AA dies. Without unity, the heart of AA would cease to beat. Our world arteries would no longer carry the life-giving grace of God. His gift to us would be spent aimlessly. Back again in their caves, alcoholics would reproach us and say, what a great thing AA might have been. Does this mean, some will anxiously ask, that in AA the individual doesn't count for much? Is he to be dominated by his group and swallowed up in it? We may certainly answer this question with a loud, No! We believe there isn't a fellowship on earth which lavishes more devoted care upon its individual members. Surely there is none which more jealousy guards the individual's right to think, talk, and act as he wishes. No AA can compel another to do anything. Nobody can be punished or expelled. Our 12 steps to recovery are suggestions. The 12 traditions, which guarantee AA's unity, contain not a single don't. They repeatedly say, we ought, but never, you must. To many minds, all this liberty for the individual spells sheer anarchy. Every newcomer, every friend who looks at AA for the first time is greatly puzzled. They see liberty verging on license, yet they recognize at once that AA has an irresistible strength of purpose and action. How, they ask, can such a crowd of anarchists function at all? How can they possibly place their common welfare first? What in heaven's name holds them together? Those who look closely soon have the key to this strange paradox. The AA member has to conform to the principles of recovery. His life actually depends upon obedience to spiritual principles. If he deviates too far, the penalty is sure and swift. He sickens and dies. At first, he goes along because he must, but later he discovers a way of life he really wants to live. Moreover, he finds he cannot keep this priceless gift unless he gives it away. Neither he nor anybody else can survive unless he carries the AA message. The moment this 12th step work forms a group, another discovery is made that most individuals cannot recover unless there is a group. Realization dawns that she is but a small part of a great whole. 
that no personal sacrifice is too great for preservation of the fellowship. She learns that the clamor of desires and ambitions within her must be silenced whenever these could damage the group. It becomes plain that the group must survive or the individual will not. So, at the outset, how best to live and work together as groups becomes the prime question. In the world about us, we saw personalities destroying whole peoples. The struggle for wealth, power, and prestige was tearing humanity apart as never before. If strong people were stalemated in the search for peace and harmony, what was to become of our erratic band of alcoholics? As we had once struggled and prayed for individual recovery, just so earnestly did we commence to quest for the principles through which AA itself might survive. On anvils of experience, the structure of our society was hammered out. Countless time, in as many cities and hamlets, we reenacted the story of Eddie Rickenbacker and his courageous company when their plane crashed in the Pacific. Like us, they had suddenly found themselves saved from death, but still floating upon a perilous sea. How well they saw that their common welfare came first. None might become selfish of water or bread. Each needed to consider the others, and in abiding faith, they knew they must find their real strength. And this they did find, in measure to transcend all the defects of their frail craft, every test of uncertainty, pain, fear, and despair, and even the death of one. Thus has it been with AA. By faith and by works, we have been able to build upon the lessons of an incredible experience. They live today in the 12 traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous, which, God willing, shall sustain us in unity for so long as he may need us. I love you, traditions. Stay tuned for the other 11 in upcoming podcasts. Unless I feel compelled to share something different, the next 11 episodes will be a combination of a share or something that's happened in the day or an epiphany or something I feel like I'm supposed to say, plus a tradition. So I hope you enjoyed that, my A-A-N-A-M-A-C-A-E-A-O-A nerds. They're all built on the same 12 steps. And my Al-Anons, my beloved Al-Anons and Alateens and ACAs. We're so cool. We're the cool kids. Oh, I feel really hyper right now. I need to calm down. I'm going to go take a nice long hot shower and sit out on my balcony in this beautiful summer heat in Toronto that I hope lasts a long time and pour myself a big glass of peach lemonade with ice cubes and eat some chocolates that I got for my birthday. It's a good day. I'm so grateful to be alive. Thank you for being with me. You can email me anytime you like to soberchicks at gmail.com. Lisa can also be reached there. Or you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at two soberchicks. Stay, stay, stay.